All right, guys, before we jump in on this, whatever the opposite of a victory Monday is, got to tell you about my snooze flip mattress, best mattress I've ever slept on in my life. They hooked it up for me and I couldn't be more thankful. Uh, even after a rough loss like that, I got a great night's sleep on my snooze flip mattress from snooze sleep. That's a four in one mattress, meaning you've got four options. They've got a firm side. They've got a soft side. They've got a warm side of their cover and a cool side of their cover. The cover is washable and reversible, and it is great. I love the cool side. I uh, always like to you know, cool down the body a little bit late at night. But either way, you're going to have all of your options there with that snooze flip mattress, which, again, I just cannot say enough about how much I love this mattress. And even better, when you use the code DNVR, you can save $500 off a queen mattress with an adjustable base. You can save $1,000 off a king mattress with an adjustable base. So head to snoozesleep.com and grab your snooze flip mattress today using that code DNVR. That is a snoozesleep.com to get your snooze flip mattress. We are DNVR. We are live from Studio A. The A stands for atrocious. Mm, that's a good one. Very, yep. well, very well played. Atrocious effort from the Broncos yesterday. Uh, we will get into all of that fun stuff here in just a second. <laughs> but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at MSU Denver Online, where you can get a great education online, affordable, and all of their courses are taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom, which will be great for you as you look to work a full-time job and further your education. There's no better place to do that than over at MSU Denver Online. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's up? Not the happiest of Mondays in Broncos country, certainly. You know, this feels like if you're in school and like right before a big break, you find out that you failed the class Ooh. or you have an F in a class. And so you're so pumped for the break, but you know that first day, first two days of break are, are going to be tough when you have to come to the realization and tell your parents about it. At least I'm, you don't have to go to summer school and make it up, though. I, yeah. <laughs> I was always pretty good at, uh, you know, putting those things behind me for the break. And then, yeah. So I was like, that's a future Ryan problem. I'll, I'll address that after Thanksgiving break. Uh, yeah, you're you're totally right. They get to break now, and I can't imagine it's going to be nearly as fun as it would have been if they won yesterday. Uh, Mace, we didn't have you, obviously, on the show yesterday as you were at the stadium getting interviews, doing all that good stuff. Um, so I want to start with your take on the game, but more importantly, the topic that I guess is sweeping Broncos country today, which, of course, is the effort or extreme lack thereof from Teddy Bridgewater on the fumble return. Honestly, I'm sad. I'm I'm sad that that one play has understandably so, but has still resulted in a toxicity that uh I the level that I haven't seen. Yeah. Which takes it to a new high. I'm sad for Teddy because 
this is going to define him. Yeah. You know, all think about like all the work that he did to come back from that injury in 2016. It's not like the guy isn't tough, right? Not t- not tough. He is tough. He is tenacious. He showed he that before. He does care, but none of that matters when you have such a visceral visual moment like yeah. that. I mean, literally anything he could have done would have been better than just kind of having that lunge in and then pulling back. He could have done a soccer-style slide tackle and gotten called for tripping, but <laughs> it's better than a touchdown. He could have put his he could have just laid kind of thrown himself out there and been like an obstruction. Maybe Slay jumps over him, but that buys enough time for Cameron Fleming to close and tackle him. He could have just continued chasing him and then dove at like the 15-yard line and falling short, and everyone would have said, oh, well, hey, you know what? Hey, he was trying to bring him down, and, and that's it. There were all these choices he could have made in that split-second moment, and he made the worst possible choice. I I agree, and you're you're right. It is kind of sad because we talked about uh, in the off season, like everywhere Teddy Bridgewater has gone, he's been loved. Yeah. Um, and Carolina, maybe not quite as much as some of his other stops, but probably because they didn't get to know him in the same way because of the pandemic. Right, in right. Carolina, but yeah, but, New Orleans, Minnesota, even the Jets briefly. This was the nail in the coffin for the fact that that ends in Denver. Yeah. Um, like I said last night, I don't think he'll ever live it down in this town. I mean, this town is. Is harsh, uh, yeah, for especially sure. Especially on quarterback. Harsh enough that, and, and maybe this is, you know, I'm I'm assuming here, but it's no, in my opinion, it's no coincidence that Teddy Bridgewater recently deleted all of his social media. Not mm-hmm. not after the game. Sometime last week or before mm-hmm. that is when I found out about it. So this it's a harsh place to play. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, this this put the nail in the coffin that this will not be another list, uh, another one on the list of places that loves Teddy Bridgewater when when he's no longer yeah, here. Yeah, think about it. We are a town of Craig Morton being in the hospital all week and leaving to play the AFC Championship game on New Year's Day, nineteen seventy-eight. We're a town of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Even Peyton Manning bringing down Calais Campbell yeah. in the open field. <laughs> that is what. This town, this fan base expects not putting your shoulder in and then pulling back. No. That's our, that's, that is the Broncos country standard. Well, and again, it's a really, really high standard. Yeah. But I woke up this morning thinking to myself, was I too harsh on Teddy last night? Um, you know, I put, I put out there calling him business decision Bridgewater. And I was like, ah, you weren't I- the only one who called him that. <clears throat> no, no. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I was a little too tough on him. And then I opened up Twitter and I saw just former player after former player after former player after former player sharing the same sentiment that, you know, a lot of people had. And I just said, man, if all of those guys are saying this, then you, you know, it's, it's Brandon Stokely and, and it's Chad Brown and Tyler Columbus and Rich Gannon. And I saw another more national guy, like maybe Emmanuel a, Ocho. right, right, right. Yeah. Emmanuel yeah. Ocho. Um, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on of former players who are saying this stuff. So this is not just, you know, us media guys sitting here in our warm, comfy chairs saying that guy should go tackle that guy. It's football players saying that's unacceptable. And if they feel that way, then you can just about guarantee that there are some guys in that locker room who feel that same way. And that's when I said, no, this was like 
probably as bad as it gets from an optics standpoint for a player. And the bummer for for his teammates, for for Teddy's teammates, is they don't look at the stats and say Teddy's on pace for 30 mm-hmm. touchdowns in the best season of his career. They look and say, man, if my quarterback's not going out and putting it all on the line, when it's still a game very much so, in a crucial game, a, a, a game to take you to a winning record and potentially near the top of the AFC West, if he's not willing to do that, these next seven games, man, let's just, let's just cruise into the offseason here. I'm going to get away, and I'm not even going to think about Broncos. And when I come back, I'm still going to be thinking about that trip that I'm taking in January. And it, it goes into um, just an issue I had with Teddy in a few moments yesterday, which was like awareness of just the game. Um, it's a seven-point game at that moment. If you are able to make a tackle, it's right around what, the 50-yard line, I think. Yeah. You Not only is there a chance that they score zero, there's a chance you hold them to three there's definitely a, a, a solid chance you don't give up a touchdown there. Your defense was playing well in the second half, a lot a lot better than it did in the first half. And I bet if you ask Peyton Manning why he went out there and made those tackles, it's for that exact reason. Is There's a, there's a, a good chance our defense can get a stop, and that's going to be really important in the grand scheme of this game. And so above all else, to me, it's like, man, you just didn't have the wherewithal to think if I can just somehow, some way get this guy on the ground, we still have a chance to win this game. Because I think we can all agree that when you looked up at the scoreboard after that play and realized it was, what was, is that 30 to 13? Was the, was that was 27, so, so 27 to 13. 27 to 13 is after he goes in. I think we all looked up there and said, hmm. Broncos aren't getting to 27 today. Yeah. No, no, and, and that's when the Boo Birds really started coming out, understandably so. That's when the Eagles chant, you could start to hear them. That's when everything went from not just bad football game, but to really bad environment of what's also to come for these Broncos. These next two weeks, the Broncos had a golden opportunity to go into the bye on a three-game win streak, hosting the Chargers, who lost. Draymond Jones acknowledged after the game they knew the Chargers lost before they went out and played. They knew that they had an opportunity to get a game on them and then also be the winning team going into this game against the Chargers in two weeks, and they completely, completely blew it. I mean... That play, Broncos probably still lose just with how they were dominating even if Teddy Bridgewater does make a tackle, but at least they have a chance, and at least there's hope going into the fourth quarter instead of this thing just getting really what one of the ugliest moments that we've seen in Broncos country. Yeah, yeah there was an old uh, – Mace, you put out something about all the double-digit losses yes. at home. What was that stat? It, they've had seven double-digit losses in the last two years at home which is the most in any two-year stretch of Broncos history. <clears throat> They've had eight of those since Vic Fangio took over. That's the most in the three-year stretch since the 1960s. There's an old saying. And there's still games left this that's, year. Yeah, getting, there's still yeah. four games left at home. There's an old <laughs> saying that getting embarrassed at home is how you get fired. Yeah. And I've just, I was thinking when I read your, your stat, yeah. like, whatever happened to that? And I think what it is, there's no owner – in a shiny yeah. box with all of his rich friends embarrassed yeah. that the team is getting embarrassed and they're, you know, sitting there in front of their friends. In fact, um, the only person I, I saw that was, you know, wearing shiny clothes and all that stuff in a box yesterday was Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Flavortown. Yeah, he was there. Hey, there was some good food yesterday at the tailgate. Tailgate was Flavortown. It was. Anyway, but it's Sexy funny pizza. you talk about the ownership and uh, one of my favorite Pat Boland stories is uh, – how after a a, cru- a crushing loss, he uh, he walks into the uh, the PR office and 
says, I feel, I feel lousy. I feel terrible. And I know y'all have a stat, you, you guys have a stat that will explain why. Mm. And I think that like the home game, the home game loss stat, the double digit losses, that's one of those that probably explains on a visceral level why people feel bad about the trajectory of this team under Vic Fangio as a whole. Right. Because it keeps happening over and over again. I mean, this used to be the site of Broncos fans leaving early. I mean, that was rare, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 10 minutes to go, and uh, you see the, the exodus, the movement of the people up the, up the aisles to the concourse and out the door. I mean, yeah. it was just pretty much Eagles yeah. fans the final five, five minutes. It oh. was cleared out. The yeah. Eagles chance reverberating through the concourse, reverberating around the stands in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's I, – I can't blame Eagles fans for feeling that way. It's funny that seven days before, it was the Broncos taking over yeah. fans, taking over another venue, and it was turned about in seven days. It is crazy. Yeah. And you're right, Mace. Um, that ho- Those home losses hurt more um, for the fan base. And, you know, I said this after the Raiders game that I went to, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it again after this one. I sympathize a lot more – with people being super upset after those losses, especially Mm -hmm. the ones who went to the game, because it is such a commitment. It is a time commitment. It is a a big financial commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's also the commitment of like dealing with traffic after the game. All those little things. Emotional commitment too. Emotional commitment. All those little things add up. And so when I see people, you know, just cursing the team to the high heavens when they're leaving the stadium, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I know where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, I think you're right. Like, why do I, why does this feel so bad? It, those home losses um, are like double. They count as double, at least in terms of the emotional uh, cost. Well, and guys, we know that Broncos fans, I think every Broncos fan wants significant change right now. We don't believe that significant change is going to happen during this week, during next week, and obviously significant change. I don't think we're talking about Pat Shermer anymore. People want bigger change than that, uh, and they don't want Tom McMahon. I mean, they want Tom McMahon gone, but th- that wouldn't satisfy people, I don't think. They want a quarterback change, or they want a head coaching change, and we don't think that's going to happen right now, but let's look at home games that the Broncos have coming up where we think that that could and maybe a big change does happen. Do you guys think that that could happen in two weeks after the Los Angeles Chargers game at home, the first oh, game after a, the bye? A move? Yes. Leading into that game or right no, after? after. Because we know a move isn't going to happen, whether it's quarterback change after the game or a head coach change after Ooh, the game. I don't think it'd be a quarterback change. I don't Not think Not with Kansas City the following week. So do you think, think head coach change? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think I, – I don't think anything is happening at any point. Okay, well then how about this? The next home game. May said they play the Chiefs on the road the next week. Then after, Detroit Lions <laughs> at home. Yeah, and yeah. this will be their first – Home game in December. And what do we know about George Payton? He wants to be competitive in November and December. This is their first home game in December. Okay. If they lose that <laughs> one, thing, yeah, heads could roll. Yeah. I, I think, think you so might too. see a quarterback change going into the Detroit game, actually. that That's the moment where I could – that actually, after the Chiefs road game and before the Lions game is where I could see Drew Locke going back in. I think Drew's 1-0 against the Lions in his career. Yeah, in color rush a couple of years ago. <laughs> but I don't think there would be a head coaching change until the team was eliminated. 
And at that point, it's just to start the process because you can do Zoom interviews before the end of the season. I th- I remember, and kind of a, a, my own as a fan, I remember it was in 2014, the day after the Braves were eliminated from playoff contention, they fired their GM the next day. Like, I could see something like that. The day after the Broncos are eliminated mathematically from playoff the playoff conversation, that if that happened, if they are eliminated, the day after that happens, I could see Peyton making the move. There's no reason not to at that point if you've already decided you're moving on. Well, the Broncos probably won't be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs after losing to Detroit. They'll be mm. on a four-game losing streak at oh, that point. God, they lose. They'll be they'll be five and eight. I think mathematically they'll still be alive, but I think that's that's the earliest a change could happen, and I could absolutely see it happening if that's the route they go. They lose to the Chargers. Not crazy to see. Uh, they lose to the Chiefs on the road. Not crazy to see. Mm-hmm. And then losing to Detroit, you hope that's crazy to see. But if that domino falls, then that's when I see a move being made, regardless of you know where they are. Because you're you're not only out of the playoffs. Then you know there's there's no hope, even if mathematically you're still alive. But you are the most embarrassing team in the NFL at that point. And we've talked about how George Payton had what, a seven, eight-game leeway in this season about how people weren't going to come after him. People started coming after him a couple of weeks ago, and that's when that leeway is off. If he allows this to go through a four-game losing streak when that last loss is against the Detroit Lions at home, yeah, no, he then then it really is on him as well. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's going to get to that point. Um, Maybe some people might think that's unfortunately – I think this team is going to go up and down and up and down the rest of the season mm-hmm. uh, and end up, you know, with seven or eight wins. Um, and Perfectly forgettable year. Right, exactly. Um, like, I th- like, you know, I've got two weeks to change my decision on this, but <laughs> if we know how I feel about the Chargers, I, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to stop thinking this. I think they're going to beat the Chargers. And then it's going to be mm-hmm. right back up. Oh, look at this. They're six and five. And then they're going to go get crushed by the Chiefs on the road. And they're going to come back and beat the Lions. Oh, my gosh. Maybe look at this. They're 7-6. The and, and they're 8-6. And, and, so, yeah, and then I, they go on the road and have their hopes squashed like grapes. Yeah. So I think that, uh, that that's where, where this is going. And they're just going to middle around. And they're going to end up with the 17th pick in the draft. And, you know, it's going to be a... Uh, one of those. It's going to be what we a lot of times have called a worst case scenario. Well, I, I need to know what, what you guys want from this season, where the Broncos sit right now. But first, I got to get to my DraftKings pick of the week, guys, because it's a sensitive one, time-sensitive one. Guys, tell me if I'm wrong. I love the Rams tonight. I know they look so bad eight days ago on primetime football. They look terrible against the Derrick Henry-less uh, Tennessee Titans. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Man, I think that is so nice that that's below seven. I think the Rams are going to crush them, and I think that that win or that loss last week and looking terrible uh, is going to play into that, and I think Sean McVay is going to be ready. I don't know if Von Miller's playing. Have we got an official word on that? Uh, sound like he was trending toward playing. Okay, okay. That would be awesome to see yeah. him play. We obviously know OBJ is going to play. Rams are going to dominate the 49ers, and, man, we're just going to be sitting here again tomorrow saying – Kyle Shanahan, the Broncos maybe weren't wrong uh, <laughs> on not hiring him. So give Future me, Broncos offensive coordinator. Exactly. Kyle there we go. Give me Rams mm. minus three and a half going into uh, into San Francisco. I like it. Um, one time on the bet show, someone said that no 
uh, masculine man ever puts uh, Y at the end of another man's name. So um, ever since then, we've just referred to this man as Koopy Cuppy. Um, <laughs> so Koopy Cuppy going for over 96 and a half yards tonight. Mm. Uh, I think they just feed him. No, um, no Robert Woods uh, for them anymore, which I think really hurts. But they're so lucky that they just get to bring in OBJ, not mm -hmm. as a replacement for Robert Woods, because I think actually Robert Woods might be a better receiver than him, um, but as an attention grabber. Um, you know, you put him out there, he the defense has to pay a little attention to him, and that's going to help Cooper Cup a lot, or Koopy Cuppy. What, what about, <laughs> like, putting, uh, like, the, the Y sound, but it's IE. Like, you see it, like, in hockey all like in hockey all the time. Yeah, no, according to the commenter, no no masculine man would ever do that. See, that's like, <laughs> I got to disagree. I, I disagree with that uh, comment. I think we disagree, too. Yes, that's I know. That's like, I'm, thinking, I'm hearing since. that. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, really? That's like that's like part of the hockey culture, which yeah, is like as masculine as anything. Like... Yes, as anything. Anyway, I'm going back to soccer. I'm going to uh, CONCACAF. Of course, the U.S. got that big win over Mexico on Friday night. What a match that yeah, was. Yeah, here's not our producer today, so I can jab <laughs> yeah. him one more time. Yeah, so going, but Mexico has another big game coming up tomorrow, of course, as this international window continues. The USA will play Jamaica, but also Mexico has to go play against Canada, which is mm. also off to a really good start and is one of those three positions that guarantees going to the progressing the World Cup finals in Qatar next year. Get Canada hosting Mexico. I think Mexico rebounds, but gets a draw. It's 21 mm. to 10 odds on a draw in the Canada-Mexico match. I think it's going to end up one off. Plus 210, is that yeah. what that would be? 21 to 10, yeah. Impressive. There yeah, you there go. There you go. See, <laughs> that's, now it's in language that everybody can understand. And the, the great thing about DraftKings is no matter what language you speak in terms of betting, you can have it switched to, to fit your needs. That's what I have. Mace has it his way, which we don't understand. So we turn it to English in, in our view and have it our way. There's also a couple of other ways you can have it, but you can have it all over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And speaking of having it all, if you bet $1 on any football game this week and that team scores a point in the game you'll get a hundred dollars in free bets if you're a new user so get in on tonight's game i guarantee you the rams are going to score a point 49ers probably will as well but bet on one of those teams when they score you'll get a hundred dollars in free bets which you can use this thursday night for thursday night football you can use it this weekend you don't have broncos to watch this coming weekend there's still going to be plenty of good football which you may enjoy after seeing the broncos yesterday so make sure to download the app download the app right now the DraftKings sportsbook app and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets when that team scores and of course DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right guys uh the broncos are five and five the tailgate remains undefeated. Ah, uh, yes. You got to, uh, if you're going to the game, you got to come check it out. A couple people yesterday uh, tweeting at us, telling us in person, like, man, this is the only way to experience a Broncos game anymore. You guys nailed the game day experience. And I have to agree with them. Uh, mm -hmm. The sexy pizza, the Breck brews, the good company, not the seltzers, but those are there too. But just, you know, <laughs> being around other good Broncos fans, um, we had some people bring their friends who were Eagles fans, which, you know, everyone gets along, has some fun with it. Um, you know, we had the beer pong, uh, bags were set up. There was a can jam, just an all around great time. Um, so next home game, of course, a couple weeks from now, 
Um, if you are going to go, start planning yourself planning your, uh, yourself now to go to the DNVR yep. tailgate. And in the meantime, come hang, hang out down at the DNVR bar. Have some good times down here. And we've, I've had a lot of people ask me, where do I get tickets? Go to DNVRlocker.com to get those and tickets. And those might not quite be up yet, but just keep an eye out for yep. them. It'll be up soon. Yep. Also, I want to tell you about Ball, and that's, of course, Zach's and that's and Zach's Julie. and Julie's workplace. Ball has been, been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign, and they have a corporate equality index score of 100%, so your background, whatever it is, will not prevent you from succeeding there. It's just about your hard work and commitment. And, of course, we tell you a lot about the chance to work at Ball. They're looking for production technicians, and the pay, of course, starts at $27.39 per hour with potential for increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job and from that there are a lot of things you can do you can go from being a production technician working on the floor of making all those aluminum cans including the one inside my koozie here to even working in management at ball all positions have importance and impact and of course like i said it's an inclusive workplace it's a diverse workplace there are organizations they're a part of that you can join if you go work at ball that will help nurture that side of you so they're doing big things at ball you can be part of something bigger than yourself part of making 101 billion cans that's billion with a b and of course that's good for the planet because aluminum is infinitely recyclable so you can recycle it over and over it can go back into use it's the kind of thing that we want to see so if you want to join ball text golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions or go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77 Two 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 to be like Zach's Aunt Julie and be unstoppable at ball. And guys, do you want the Broncos to be unstoppable after this uh, after this loss yesterday? Because the way you guys are talking makes it seem like now it's it's time to to start tanking and not be in the middle. Or it's too late. Is it? Yeah, it really is too late. Or is it better to you know? win and, and where, where are you right what's what's ideal for the Broncos at five and five I mean ideal of course is still making the playoffs and again everything just changes so quickly that you know they're I I, I firmly believe they're gonna go beat the Chargers <laughs> and all of a sudden the playoffs are back alive and they're you know right there and right with the first place teams in the division they'd be maybe um, a game within a game of the Chiefs like oh but they can go to Kansas City and hey they kept it close last year at our head yeah. can they do a little bit more Teddy you know if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback in spite of what everything being said today well Teddy nearly beat the Chiefs with the Panthers and he's got look this is a preview of the conversation that yeah. will happen if they beat the Chargers and it'll be us we'll be saying it yep. you know mm -hmm. like um but where where you know, I said this last night. Uh, there's the old saying, if someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. Mm -hmm. And we know who this team is. They're not going to get it done in the biggest moments. So, I, like, I don't believe they're going to be able to get the big wins that are necessary to make the playoffs. Because now the schedule tightens up. Now the schedule toughens up. There's no gimmies out there other than that Lions game. That's the one that should be a gimme. But not you're just a gimme, Ryan. That's the only team with a losing record. Right. You are going to have to pull off some big time, gut it out, come back from behind wins, which another damning stat Mace put out yesterday. Yeah. One in 20 in the Vic Fangio era when trailing at halftime. The one, of course, being Drew Locke's miraculous comeback that, mm. you know, w was awesome. 
it should have never happened. Um, but, you know, great comeback. Not just like a standard, you were down mm -hmm. seven at half and you played better in the second half win. It was like a miraculous, you know, everything comes together type of win. So the Broncos are going to have to have one of those if they're going to even come close to making a push for the playoffs. And I don't believe they can. So, yeah, if you if you told me, I like, you can bet on making the playoffs or I can just pick to lose every game the rest of the season. Like, uh, if I could just fast forward through the rest of the season, I would pick that one. Doesn't work that way. I, I, the answer is, I don't know. All I, what I do know is they're going to end up middling their way to an average season. Well, here's where maybe they don't middle their way through. The Broncos are 1-4 against teams that don't have a losing record. So 500 or better. Of course, the only win coming against the Cowboys last week gave us all so much hope about this Luke. team. Now they are. Uh, now they've lost against a bad team. Now and but only one win or, or only one loss, undefeated against the other bad teams below 500. And like we said, Detroit's their only game. They're their only team who has a losing record the rest of the way. So if they continue this, maybe they pick up one win against the six other teams they play with a winning record, mm -hmm. and they beat the Lions. So that's two wins. And then so we're looking at what a seven and ten record. And Whoa. that is Death. middling. Yes, That's terrible. It's probably better than eight and nine, though. Um, I would rather see them go five and twelve than than seven and ten or eight and nine. Without with, without, without a, a doubt. doubt. But do you see that happening? Mace? No. Yeah. Because there's too much talent on the roster to do that. So, as of right now, the Broncos are five and five. This is the first time I've gone to this website all season, just a state of affairs type mm -hmm. of thing. I'm on Tankathon.com/slash/NFL. Uh, <laughs> Broncos are five and five. They would have the fourteenth pick right now. Now, just look at these teams below them and ask yourself: Are those teams going to end up? Are they on the right track, or are they going to continue to stay right there or below the Broncos? Minnesota, eh, they could probably they they'll, could. They'll, they'll they probably could leapfrog them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Washington, Chicago, Seattle, New York Giants, Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville the Jets, the Texans, and the Lions. I think you said maybe three teams. Seattle's a team that could turn it around a little they're bit. They're going to have Russ, so they'll win games. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, the Eagles, if they yeah. continue to play uh, good, they could. And I think Eagles fans are finally starting to believe me that Jalen Hurts is legit. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they there was a like lot it. of skepticism just monitoring things in Philadelphia the last week. But, I mean, he was the best player on that field yesterday. His best throw of the Find game got out. dropped, too. Yeah, yep, it did. Right through the hands. Would have <laughs> been another 50-yard touchdown. Perfect throw. Yep, exactly. And then can you read me the, the, the five closest teams again to the Broncos? The five so closest teams. And, and, again, we can go to the teams ahead of them, too, but I don't think that they're going to be worse than the Broncos. Um, Minnesota, so the Vikings, yep. Minnesota, Atlanta, Philadelphia, San Philadelphia. Francisco. Maybe San Francisco, but I don't have any trust in them. So we're talking three or four teams. Let's just say three right now. So that gets the Broncos to 11th. Broncos, Broncos e were at ninth. Like, even if they lose out is what I'm saying. Like, I don't like obviously a couple of these teams. Um, at, uh, Philadelphia is going to win some more games. Atlanta, maybe. Minnesota is going to win some more games. But those Broncos have a one-game lead on all of them. Right. Well, and, and Ryan, what it comes down to is the Broncos are in no way getting a top-five pick. They're not going to be even close to that, uh, and they probably won't even have a top 10 pick is what we're saying here. Right. Yeah. Uh, they could be anywhere between 10 and 15, and what does everyone want? 
a quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. This isn't the best quarterback draft class right now as it stands. And we know even when there's a now what looks to be a great quarterback on the board with Mac Jones and potentially Justin Fields that it's not like George Payton's going crazy for quarterbacks and is just going to take one at whatever cost. So the Broncos are probably going to be in a worse spot than they were last year. It's pretty crazy. And, and again, I keep watching and keep watching, hoping to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. And I, I'm not even close. Um, I haven't even fallen in like yet. <laughs> so you're not even in dating mode. No, you're still in Tinder. You're still you're still, still swiping through. away. Swiping. <laughs> um, and is it swipe left that you do when swipe you left interested? is bad? Me, I have no idea. Swipe so left is bad. Swipe, swipe right, right is good. <laughs> so have you swiped left on anybody yet, or have you just not? Have you just you're sitting there looking at? Yeah, <laughs> just open the app. No, put it down. Um, yeah, I. I so you haven't eliminated anybody yet. No, um, but that's because no one is separating themselves. So like, you can't really eliminate someone for being below the rest of the crew because I think they're all just kind of in a in they, a little group. They've all got flaws. Like yeah. that's the thing about like, and there are no guarantees. I get that, but they've all got flaws. Of course, you can take a look at uh, another draft class like. 2017 and say well you know Mahomes had a you know Mahomes was flawed because you said okay can can that can he translate from that system at Texas Tech yep. to the NFL and Deshaun Watson uh, had flaws oh is he tall is he tall enough oh you know uh, it makes Trubisky strong had, arm enough you know yeah is his arm strong enough Mitchell Trubisky had had flaws he was only a starter for one year now two of them proved to be really good quarterbacks and one of them was a bust but like that's the thing like all of I feel like with the quarterbacks last year, if the Broncos kind of aired, it was that they focused on the reasons not to pick Mac Jones or Justin Fields yep. instead of the reasons to pick them. Like well, as like Charles Robinson put the thing out about uh, how it was Justin Fields' epilepsy that was a big deal for the Broncos not taking him, even though there's a, a lot, cop out. Yeah, yeah. Even though there's a, there's a lot of evidence to show that he's past that. Yep. But it's how like, has that if, affected him this if, year? If you're looking for the ever, here's the thing: yeah. if you're looking for the perfect quarterback prospect, you'll never have unless you have the number one pick in a year with a generational prospect, you're not going to find that. You're, you're going. Have you have to say time. what flaws can be corrected. Can you live with? So you know, Kenny Pickett. Can you live with eight and a half inch hands <laughs> that don't reach the that they don't reach the baseline most teams have. For hand size. I never want to hear hand size. Yeah, but, well, no, we're going to be talking a lot about that probably. So here's what I don't want to see is last year, you know, you make this decision based off of what you don't like about the, those guys. Yeah. What I don't want to see is them talk themselves into some guy this year who isn't as good as those guys, but they're desperate now and they got to make that pick to, to really put into perspective how I feel about this quarterback class so far is I wasn't a Mac Jones guy. Now, I didn't disparage Mac Jones because I've learned my lesson on doing that. And I, that has paid off for me um, because I said, I'm not going to say I hate him because I just, that will come back to bite me. I know it. Um, and I was right. Uh, Mac Jones is much better than I expected, which I acknowledged as a possibility. Um, if Mac Jones was in this quarterback class, he would be far and away the QB one. Yep. In my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. And where would Bryce Young be if he was in this quarterback class? Also QB one. Yep. And that's, some, that's something that maybe you think about. What what if the play is collect as many assets as possible as you can for twenty three? 
Right. And in other words, all those assets, use them to move up and try to get Bryce Young. No one wants to hear it, but... It would be no one wants to hear it because they know what that means for next year. Yes. But it would be a plan. And boy, the Broncos haven't had a real plan at quarterback since Peyton. And I mean, even when you when you get Peyton, that you weren't going into that offseason thinking, we're going to get Peyton Manning. So no, it, he yeah. fell into your lap. The last plan you had was Jay Cutler. Yeah. So it wouldn't be if we had sucked for luck back in 2011. Would it? What is it for Bryce? Is it uh, dung? Bail uh, for Bryce. Dung for Young. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's uh. It's. It's not. It's not pretty out there. Yeah. Is what I would say about this class. But could Broncos country take a season like the teardown season? And I, I don't think they would do that. I don't think George Payton would do that. That's the other thing. This is not meant. I think to... Payton is kind of. He, no, he's that, that's. He's that old, but he's got kind of that old school mentality of, oh, we got to, you know, let's, let's see what we can do this year. It is just crazy how much these, these seasons have started to pile on top of each other. Like this is not a a flex um, of my age here, but I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, by the end of the season, the Broncos, this bad stretch will have lasted 20% of my life. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like this, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like six years is a long time. But mm-hmm. six turns into seven, seven turns into eight. You got to do something at some point yeah. um, because it felt like three was a lot. And, and at that time, I was trying to keep the perspective of like three is nothing. Well, right. now it's double. Right, right. Well, I mean, Mace, if if you're right and George Payton isn't that type of guy, that type of guy, then he, A, better get really lucky by landing a future Hall of Fame quarterback, whether that's Russell Wilson, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. And yes, that would be a lot of luck. That goes into that. That wouldn't be just his doing. That would be the team saying we're moving on from him. That would be the quarterback saying we want to go. If that doesn't happen, they have the wrong guy. Because if your general manager is is just is not going to be able to not necessarily do a full rebuild, but just continue to do what's not been working for so long, time and time again, then. That that that's not someone that you should have running your. You should have someone that runs your organization that's willing to look at everything. Maybe not do it, but at least look at it. Well, the thing is also like let's. I think the path they would prefer to take is stud veteran. Okay, of, of, I think everyone. Let's everyone say let's say Russell yeah. Wilson, but then that require you know we know how he values his draft picks. That requires George Payton probably sacrificing a mountain of draft capital. It's especially in this year, it is worth it. Yeah, I agree. I, although the picks you got for Von Miller, plus what you have, if you told me you could get Russell Wilson for two ones, which means you're one in 23 as well, two ones, two twos, two threes, sold. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, sold for I, me. If, if well, it's, I, if I it's mean, Mace GM, I mean, I, I think I'm sold too, but yeah. I, I think it's three ones, three twos, and three threes is where you have to start because what we were talking about with Aaron Rodgers last year, that's what we were talking about. And Russ is five years younger. Yeah, I don't. It, to me, it doesn't matter. But what? What? But I think everyone takes Russ. Everyone, yeah. uh, for the most part, takes Aaron Rodgers. When you just talk about the football player, Deshaun Watson, if all that stuff goes away, you take him. Also, speaking of those two played yesterday, wasn't pretty for Russ. It was no, not. The Broncos' offense was better than uh, than Russell Wilson and the Seahawks yep. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but if Small those options, theater. if those yes. options aren't there, yeah. I don't want the Broncos going after Geno Smith next year, and then the year after it's Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> who, who are is, who's coming me? out of retirement. Well, Mace, these are the guys the Broncos oh. have gone after these past five Mr. years. Mr. Flatter, and, just and, kill me and, right and, now. And I don't <laughs> want that. 
And I hope that's not what they do. Yeah, I mean, it, the problem is, is the Broncos have been so off on the cycles that they're jumping into for the quarterbacks. You know, um, the even the pack going back to the Paxton Lynch draft, and I was talking with um, Zach Seegers of Mile High Sports was here last night hanging out at the bar, and, and he brought this up too, you know, and, and just kind of refreshed my mind on it. It was Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, and then everyone believed big drop-off. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Drew Locke draft, uh, it was was that Kyler? Yeah. Yep. Kyler, big drop off. Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins, and Haskins and Drew Locke and even remember going into that year, mm. we were saying because it was coming off that was one year after the the Josh Allen draft, right? Yeah. Yep. And it was like I remember going. We were having conversations on the podcast going into it. We were saying like, yeah, well, next year's draft class isn't that great, so you got to think about this draft class. Well, of course, this is the exact same conversation we had. Heading into this draft, this is a good quarterback draft. Next year's doesn't look so promising so far. The Broncos, uh, for a team who needs a quarterback so bad, their cycle is all messed up, and they and they should be aware of this. That's those, why a plan is so good. But in those years, they had the opportunity to pick the right guys. Oh, totally. That's the thing. Like in 2012, you know, the quarterbacks that followed Brock Osweiler were, you know, Russ Wilson and – Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Foles, franchise quarterback, no, nobody. Still has a Super Bowl MVP. In 16, you had Dak Prescott, who, if the Cowboys do pull off that trade and beat the Broncos the punch, the Broncos might end up with Dak Prescott. It's like, or they might have said he missed the flight, so we don't yeah. want him, and they were looking for reasons not to yeah. like him. And, and you, just, you can even go to the 2017 draft, mm-hmm. where the Broncos, at that point, Probably or yeah, right. That's the Mahomes draft. The Broncos yep. at that point probably knew in their hearts that Paxton Lynch was not the guy. Yep. But you know they didn't have the balls of say the Cardinals who drafted Josh Rosen and then said like this guy isn't the guy. So then they went and got a new a new guy. Um, so it's like every single time they've been off uh, mm-hmm. and out out of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a. Uh, you know, it's a big reason why we're we're sitting here where we are. Yep, exactly, exactly, and why we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, who's getting paid four million dollars this year, not doing enough to make a tackle, and and he's the best quarterback the Bronx have had since Peyton, since 2014, Peyton, and this is what's defining him Before right now. Before yesterday, would you have thought that he was capable of that? Like in that situation, what do you think he? he would have done before yesterday. I would have said he would have made an effort. I would, I would have said he would have dove at the legs, tried yeah. to make a play. Done something. Yeah. I think that's the, the shocking thing based on what we've learned about Bridgewater and you know the leadership and all that. You'd think he would have done something. Yeah. That's I think that's I'm I'm honestly I'm really disappointed today. Yeah, and, and credit to Melvin Gordon who and I've yeah. now watched this play like 100 times. I don't know why I keep putting myself through that. <laughs> um but he, you know, he's the one who put the ball on the ground. He's full out effort trying to make a play. And he's the last one trying to make a play. The very yep, play. Mm-hmm. yep. Yep. And actually, I think uh, the more I went back to it, it, was there a wide receiver on the field? If there was, they never got themselves into the play. Was it just it heavy tight ends? Yeah. Just, tight ends? just, think just back guys, heavy. as yeah. uh, Darius Slay said? Because uh, you see Albert O in yep. the play. You see, I think, Salbert in the play. Yep. You see Cam Fleming. So then that would mean Noah Fant would also have to be on the field, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. So I think Noah is out there. Um, but either way. Yeah. Um, Yep. 
Man, guys, after this conversation, I need to get a teeth cleaning because my <laughs> mouth is just disgusting talking about this team. And you can get that teeth cleaning over at Green Mountain Dental. And guys, even better, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush so that after any conversation you have, you don't have to go to the dentist. You can just get your teeth cleaned with that free Sonicare toothbrush. Only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're a longtime DNVR partner, and they are part of our family. So go over to them, check them out, support them, and you get to talk Colorado sports when you're there. Get their t- feelings on how the game went. So make sure to give them a call over at Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning x-ray exam, and you'll get set up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Also, uh, if you're feeling like you need some comfort food, hit up our friends over at Sexy Pizza today. Uh, yesterday at the tailgate, guys, I was about to get a slice of pizza, and then I saw the sexy pizza uh, car roll up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, fresh slice. Yeah. Uh, brought it out piping hot, and the cheese was like the perfect amount of melty. Mm. I, I, it was it was a heavenly slice of pizza. You're killing me. Uh, it sounds it so good. so freaking good, so melty, so cheesy, so so much the perfect amount of sauce the perfect amount of crunch the 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 crust perfectly folds i'm a crust folder i don't know about you guys um and the sexy pizza yeah oh yeah yeah you know you're on the go yeah um but i fold every slice regardless of situation Mm, interesting Mm. sometimes i like that cheese to hit the mouth i don't want it covered by the fold Mm, interesting interesting anyways you guys are you guys ever knife and forkers for your pizza never well Um, i mean like like deep dish yeah, but I'm not like like a regular like a hand tossed New York style. Hell no, no. I guess I'm the oddball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like uh, Mr. Pitt on Seinfeld. He, he would eat his candy with a knife and fork. Mace, I think I it's don't a, do I that, think it's a very parent move. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I, I do find that I more and about about fifty percent of the time I eat my pizza with a knife. Do and you fork. dab your pizza for the grease to take the grease off? Uh like I put a paper towel yeah, over it. Exactly. Yes. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do. move again. Yeah. <laughs> I dab pizza like I bacon. I always like if I pull uh, fixed. I always get Pat the it down. off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think the grease is kind of part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, reach an age where your gastrointestinal system can't handle handle but so much. Grease. I think I'm at that age, and I just haven't figured out. Uh, how to avoid that (laughs) maybe i might be a i might be a pizza patter soon Uh, anyways check out sexy pizza they've got (laughs) locations all around denver uh and it's not just their great uh pizza the knots the the pasta all of it really really great so check them out capitol hill old south pearl jefferson park park hill and even a new location coming in trinidad colorado for our vast group of listeners down there yeah, also check out Hassle Cattle Company because you know what? They've got something going on here with their damn good beef in advance of Thanksgiving. You know what? You don't have to have turkey on Thanksgiving. Please spread the good word, Mace. Yes, <laughs> you can have beef. Hassle Cattle Company is giving our listeners a holiday special with 15% off your entire purchase. There's nothing better than delicious Wagyu gift as a Wagyu beef as a holiday gift. You can serve it for Thanksgiving. You can treat your guests right. You can you know, just send it to your friends and tell them put it in their, for their freezer, grill whenever they want. Send this to family and friends for an unforgettable Christmas gift and use the code DNVR15. That's DNVR15 to get 15% off your entire order. And of course, if you get that order $200, you're going to get free shipping on it now if you want to let's say you're in the denver area you're like okay you've told me about hassle cattle company beef 
I want to try it. Come on down to the MVR bar and have the hassle. Cattle Company Burger. We know so many people have loved it, including Shelby Harris, when he came down here a few months ago and he was raving about uh, that hassle Cattle Company Burger. I know you guys have had it. And so come on down, taste it. Taste the difference in that Wagyu beef from Hassel Cattle Company. And then you're going to want it on your table at Thanksgiving, at Christmas. You're going to want to send it to your friends. Use that code DNVR15 and get 15% off. And, of course, like I said, get that order $200 and get free shipping. And Hassel Cattle Company, it's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, HasselCattleCompany.com. All right, let's get to our comments here. First, we got a couple super chats. I know, Ali, so let's hit these first. Oh, more than a couple. All right. Wow. <laughs> well, let's work quick. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, from Alec. Uh, I can't really read that. You want to get that? I can get it. Yeah, he says, <laughs> in my opinion, Teddy's effort went, or when we're down is discouraging. Checkdowns down 10 plus with our receiving core is unacceptable. Give them a chance to make a play. Coaching could be better, yes, but players have to execute. It's everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I think that football is unique from any other sport and that coaches have, I think, maybe as much influence as the players on the results. Um, but it's everyone. I mean, no one. Yeah, more than more than mm-hmm. baseball, more than basketball, yep. more mm-hmm. than hockey. Yeah, for sure. Um, the coaches really, truly impact every game, every play of every game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I agree. Next one coming in from Jake. He says, boys, I would rather have an incomplete or a deep interception with Locke on third and 20 rather than Teddy two yards on third and 20. Time for a change. Mm, I mean, you might want that. Coaches definitely don't. Yeah. Dream on. <laughs> Especially the turnover part. Yep. That's yeah. what and, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's one thing that'll keep Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup is the fact that in 10 games, he's a count. He's counted for six turnovers. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they they like that. Yeah, and yeah. also, Drew's been gone the past ten days, so that's something that for any position, yeah. but especially the quarterback position, is going to hurt. Yep. Next one coming in from Collection Connection says Locke was a good pick. If Vic Fangio started him, we are number one. Number one. Hashtag well, exclamation like, mark. I think maybe <laughs> number one is probably. I'm gonna going to interpret that as number one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to believe. Yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. I can't buy into that. I like your optimism though. Next one coming in from from Ian B. He says, "You guys have been the best part of the season. I think most of us have more loyalty to DNVR than most Broncos players and coaches at this point." Thank you so Man, much. That, make, thank makes you. my day, Ian. That's uh that that's why we get out of bed in the yeah. morning for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I met some people yesterday uh yeah. who had you know some really nice things to say about what the podcast means to them and mm-hmm. uh, that means more to us than we can express. That was Absolutely. by far the best part of the day was was hearing what our show, what what we do, means to so many people all over the country. People that flew in for the game. Yep. And 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 I, you know, it was cool to meet people who'd never to never been to Denver. Yep. Had never been to a Bronco game, and they were experiencing it for, for the first time and the emotion. Oh yeah. And now, but I also woke up thinking about everybody who was there for the first time and that traveled so far for the game and thinking. I mean, even though I don't work for the team, like I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. That was your first experience. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. You know, these games haven't even had like big moments where you're walking away saying like, "Man, that third down right. in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter was so loud. That was so cool." Like, yep. no, the the loudest the stadium's been has been in the in the first quarter. 
yeah. The, 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 the moment that could have been was Javante's touchdown that got Ugh. called back. Yeah. Another that tight end holding penalty. Yeah. Noah Fant was in the clear. Yep, he <laughs> yesterday. Yep, yep. Everyone else picked up the slack. Yep. I'm usually really good at seeing something questionable happen, like in the, from the stand, seeing something questionable happen and pausing, yeah. but I was full on high five and <laughs> everyone in the yeah. section. And that was rough. Then it was well, it's funny. Back. Dalton had the like the gesture, but it wasn't on him. It was on Salbert. But it, then you saw like. It was pretty clear. I mean, yep. unfortunately, it was it was, wasn't ticky tack. It was a it was a good call. Yep, yep. Javante yeah. needs more touches. Yep, he does. And guys, last night we may have saw the switch. He had more ki- more touches yeah. uh, and more snaps than Melvin. If Melvin's gonna put the ball on the ground, what do you cling to? Nope, not the ball. Yep, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Nice. Next one here. OPMG says. Ease up on Teddy, yes, or ease up on Teddy, guys. He made a bi- business decision yesterday, but he's tired of all or ill-timed. But, but he's tired of ill-timed fumbles not helping his, his drives in a whack offensive scheme. Think of all the fumbles that ruined drives. This loss was on coaching. That's a big one. So thank you very much. Uh, and then OPMG. he hits us with another one and says, at least Teddy can read defenses. Drew Locke on one target and refuses to audible at the line. Teddy is one of the reasons we have been winning. I'm so tired of Teddy versus Drew discourse because yeah. it, the, neither one is the guy. So it's just it's a waste of everyone's time. Um, that's that's the wisest thing that's been said. <laughs> and I think it, it's completely accurate. The, the chances of either of these guys being the long term answer are slim. There's a be- there is a better chance the long ter- the long term answer is Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral than anybody on the roster. If no you're putting odds. No down. doubt. No doubt. Now yeah. now between just the two guys that are on the roster right now, yeah. who has a better chance of being the long term guy? Is it Drew or is it Teddy? With everything you know right now, <laughs> um, Drew, I would say that he has a better chance of somehow coming in at the end of the season catching lightning in a bottle. We know he's talented. And then the Broncos saying, oh, maybe we need to try this again. But th- that is – it's like 5% to 0% in my, opi- my opinion. See, and, and I even disagree with that. I think it's Teddy because the organization's given yeah. up on Drew in, in nearly every single way. I don't disagree with that. And the thing is, if Drew does do that, I mean, I, I would still be in the quarterback market. And then if you've got, if you've got a surplus, trade the surplus. Yeah. As for his first comment uh, about how, yeah. you know, he's tired of seeing – ill-timed fumbles and that's not that's not an excuse for what he did right Mm -hmm. yep he did make a business decision and there's absolutely a chance that he could have hurt himself on that play uh what happened to baker mayfield last month right but there's a chance that you can hurt yourself on every play you're playing football uh and if you're putting on a uniform you got to go play you got to go be a football player yeah mm-hmm. um and he he absolutely was not on that play no he wasn't and when and peyton, that is that is going to rub football players the wrong way when peyton made that tackle on uh, calais campbell he was like on the ground and got him with a a, a limb or something he, that that wasn't right. squaring him up no, taking no. one on right. the shoulder that's all we're asking teddy to have done last night lay down and he put did that, your arm he out he did that in back to back years cuz he did the same thing with Derek johnson the year before after after a botched handoff between him and Monte Ball, yep. and then what happened on the next play? Because you gave your defense a shot, takeaway. They got the ball. And the offense got the ball back, and that's why you just make yourself an obstruction. I think we're not. We're, no one expects a form tackle. No, here, I, okay? I would have been fine with just no. a shove. Yeah, yeah, something. What would have been better than doing nothing 
something, literally any something. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's an important point to make is I'm, I'm not even saying he should have made the play. I'm just saying you should have tried. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys, let's hop into the comment section, get to as many of these as we can. First one from Miss Quill. She says, this sounds weird on the surface, but I wish Teddy would throw some more picks. He started six <laughs> for seven passing on third downs, but for only one first down. Got to take some chances, especially when down big. Is that more play calling or just his nature? Oh, it's his nature, for sure. Throw to the open man, and if if no one's open, take the check down. That it's and a high then, completion percentage. Yeah, and and the, what you hope with the check down is that the guy can turn it into something big. He miss he you know creates missed tackle. I mean, like he had the had some plays against Dallas that were thrown short of the six, but you but the guy turns fights up fights up field and moves the chains. That's what you're hoping for. And I had people in my mentions yeah. last night saying, "Well, Melvin never fumbles out if Teddy just throws past the sticks." On third down, I look at it the exact opposite way of he at least got them in a position to where they could have gone for it on fourth down. Right. They're not internally. They're not going to fault Teddy for that. No, no. Um, But I'm kind of with you. Like you have to take risks. Um, You know, Teddy made a a risky and great throw to Albert O on that big play. Like that was a tight window. Uh, Now it was in his favorite spot, which is the, you know, the five to (laughs) 10 yard hook. Um, that he, he just, that's, that was, I mean, he must've thrown 12 of those yesterday. Um, but it was a risk. It was a risky throw. He made the play and it opened up a bigger play. Sometimes you just have to, uh, say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a great quarterback here and make a great throw. I mean, that's what Jalen hurts did a couple of times yesterday. Pat Sertan was all over Devonta Smith and he still made the throw. I, um, last night on, on the show, I said, Hey, you know, Pat's got to make that play. He did make the play. Uh, you know, yeah, I went, that's why I said it was perfect. Yeah, coverage. I, I, I watched it closer and, and you were right. He got his hand on the ball and everything. And it kind of like rolled up his arm and right into the hands. So um, I said, like, you know, you just got to make that play. He got pretty unlucky that he didn't make the it play. Not, some, it wasn't his fault. It happens sometimes in baseball. They say you got to tip your cap. Do you remember that play six years ago where Keith Tlaib got beat by Gary Barnage? Just it was a perfect throwing catch, and he was in tight coverage in the end zone in Cleveland. Yeah, it I happens. Mean, yeah, yeah. It happens even to the best of guys. But I mean, it wasn't yeah. even it wasn't even that perfect of a throw. Like Pat had a chance to make a play yeah. on it. He got his hand right in the perfect spot. It hits off his hand, yeah. kind of like spins around the arm type of thing. It was a perfect catch, and it was a great, yeah. great yeah. catch. And honestly, I think if they called him out on the field, it probably would have stayed that way because it's pretty simultaneous with. Uh, you know, his hip and his back hitting in and out of bounds, but great play. Yep. Yep. I got to get to this super chat. OPMG says I'm in this chat fighting for my life. Teddy is better than drew. LOL. This offensive scheme is trash. Y'all open your eyes. OPMG. I mean, I, I do. Th- I, I agree with you that Teddy is better than drew and, and we've just, we've just seen it. Any stat you can point to will back that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's crazy that people are still fighting over this. Teddy's your starting quarterback right now. Drew wasn't even in the building the past 10 days. Teddy's going to be your starting quarterback for a few more days. Just get behind whoever is under center. Yep. Mile high till I die says, uh, welcome to the DNVR Losers Lounge. I wonder if people will stop calling for Patrick to be fired midseason. Now that we know what the interim will look like for the rest of the season, I'm sure people will still want him gone next year. But it seems like we got re- if we get rid of him now, it's just a lot of them, same old BS. I mean, this is what we've cautioned uh, of midseason firings. They, they 
almost never magically fix things. Yep. Um, but especially going to Pat Shermer's old pal, uh, Mike Shula, is certainly not going to change much. And we saw that yesterday. Um, all it does is give you less resources if you fire Pat Shermer, which, again, sometimes you have to do things for the symbolic reason of kind of giving everyone a clean slate. You know, maybe guys are feeling like, oh, Pat doesn't like me. That's why I'm not getting the ball, that sort of thing. But at the same time, you got to have some sort of plan in place. And I almost wonder if Vic is rolling his eyes today because he's saying that was why my one card I could have played um, mm -hmm. to kind of re-energize the fan base during this bye week. And now that doesn't do anything for anyone. Like if they fire Pat Shermer today and we're like – Okay, Mike Shula's the OC for the rest of the season. That doesn't excite a single person. And we're also saying, why didn't you do this move last week, two weeks ago, when it yeah. maybe could have helped you more? Yep. Tough. Next one from yeah. Boozy says, good day, gentlemen. I agree this team is bad. The record is a lie. The Cowboys win had me hyped, but this loss drags me back down to reality. Fire the coaches. We need a full rebuild. I just want to shout y'all out. Came to my first Broncos game this weekend. The tailgate was awesome. So glad you made it. So glad yeah. you had a good time. Yes, yeah, so and, glad. Uh, great meeting you. Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer is such an awful loss. I feel confident last week saying odds are the Cowboys game is basically a fluke, and it looks like that's true. This is a tough season to watch. By the way, I had some Neapolitan cake again, again, and it reminded me about how damn good those three flavors are in cake form and how dismissive you guys, particularly Mace, were. Mace even said, why would you want that? Just have ice cream. <laughs> Mace, can you defend yourself? I still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people eat ice cream cake? Why do people want strawberry flavor Pop-Tarts if they can just eat strawberries, LOL? I love chocolate cake. Vanilla cake is insanely good, but the strawberry cake might be the best. The strawberry layer is one of the greatest strawberry flavor things I've ever tasted. This is better than the ice cream. No contest. We're talking like Eagles over Broncos level maybe, of no maybe I contest. Just, maybe I just had a bad experience with Neapolitan cake. I've never had Neapolitan cake. Yeah, I've never been I a not either. Neapolitan I'm, ice cream fan, though. Um, like I, I, I would choose one of the three things that mm. I wanted in that moment. I'm never craving all three at the same see, time. See, I, I can get into Neapolitan ice cream. Did, I like having multiple flavors. See, I, I picture like the Simpsons where, where Homer looks in the fridge he sees Neapolitan ice cream, opens up the container, it's out of chocolate. Goes to the next container of Neapolitan ice cream, it's out of chocolate. He's, Marge, we need more vanilla chocolate and strawberry ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy the chocolate. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, um, and, but each of the but vanilla, vanilla and strawberry is always intact. Right. Chocolate's out, vanilla, <laughs> strawberry, untouched. <laughs> Love it. Dan Burke, hey guys, most of the comments will be about that mess of a game yesterday, but on a more positive note, can we talk about George Payton arranging for the rookies' parents to be flown in and accommodated at the facility? Awesome. I thought it was a classy gesture by Payton. And all involved, and I've not wavered from my thought that the Broncos have the right guy to turn this around. What do you all think? Definitely a nice touch. Yeah, Definitely very, nice touch. very good touch. Absolutely. And, Taking care of the families. And Patrick Smythe pointed out on Twitter this was like a project that was championed and arranged by Kelly Klein, who, mm. of course, came over from the Vikings and is working as George Payton's right hand in a lot of ways. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Lou Drock says, guys, long time, no comment, but I'm back. Where do you guys stand on what you would like to see for the rest of the season now? Although we're still in the hunt, this team is not going to the playoffs. My biggest worry is that somehow we finished 9-8, and eight, and that gives Peyton some hope for the future. I hate to cheer on the tank, but I want this team to lose now. And this isn't even necessarily to do with the draft picks. It's to ensure that Fangio, Shermer, McMahon, and Teddy are not here come September. These guys will simply never get it done. Curious to get your thoughts on what you would like to realistically see and what will Vic uh, and be able to, will, and will Vic and Kobe gone regardless of our record, assuming we don't make the playoffs. Cheers, Charlie. I don't think so. Um, yep. I said this in our Broncos pick them. Uh, you know, George Payton said he wants to play meaningful games in December and there's a very good chance that the Broncos will play meaningful games in December. And I worry that that could be enough uh, to save Vic Fangio's job. Yep, I think uh, close to 500 and Vic's back. I think it's playoffs or bust. Okay. Yeah, and and the reason yeah. that, that I say close to 500 is just like Ryan said. It would be uh, 500, or they, they would be competitive in December. Word. All right, let's uh, hit this last super chat here from Neil Jones. Uh, let's be honest, if Drew was markedly better than Teddy, he would be starting – they are essentially the same guy. Neither is QB1. Go get rest. I'm with you, Neil. Yeah. Uh, and the last one here in the comment section is three Vic Fangios standing around on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Y'all are being too tough on the offense. I think the strategy was maybe to leave Slay alone and maybe think he'll think the play was blown dead and stop running. Solid plan. Just didn't pay off this time. <laughs> <laughs> it was bold. Bold strategy, Cotton. I, I did wonder originally if they thought melvin was down or something like that's how yeah. weak the effort was yeah. i thought they're like ah, oh, let's not waste our energy chasing this guy let him burn himself out well yep. it was interesting like i just watching kind of the, the flow of the play there by the way the one wide receiver out there was tim patrick and he was on, on the, the opposite side, side of the field like noah fan darius slay was running back and forth right. yeah no, like so noah what, like what noah fan like has that like, like he cuts off the right part of the field for slay and like, and that that was kind of what he was doing. And then he's blocked, and then Slay just doubles back. I mean, I want to see the all twenty-two because on that play, I I, I want to know like where everybody was. We know right. Salbert was made. We know Salbert lunged. We know Albert O was was trying to run and keep up, but but was blocked. We know Cameron Fleming was was running, and we so you know, we just don't know where Tim was. Yeah, like that's okay, we'll fair. see the all twenty-two, and, and we'll get a better yeah. view of that. Let me ask you this: since you were in the stands, RK, and you were in the end zone. Like, what was the crowd reaction at that, like, as it happened? And did people realize the lack of effort from Teddy? No, definitely not from our seats. Did anyone know about the lack of effort from Teddy? Because I even tweeted it out, like, unacceptable fumble from Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And all of my mentions were Teddy, 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 Teddy. I was like, what did he do? Uh, so then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, yeah, that's bad. Um, uh, so it, the reaction in the stands, honestly, from where our seats was just utter dejection. Like, just full on you went from thinking you're gonna go tie the game yeah. to the game is over and i think everyone kind of felt that way yep. and it was just like a shock yep big time shock and boy that's what that game was last night oh the the chiefs no the the broncos oh okay. <laughs> it was dark with uh when it ended so yeah. it made me think last night oh uh, yeah yeah it was uh it was definitely dark. Mm -hmm. Tell you that. Yep. I don't know when it's going to lighten up around here uh, either. Um, all right. That's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we will catch you tomorrow. Big shout out to Green Mountain Dental on our way mm -hmm. out. The absolute best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. Uh, check them out. 
If you need any work done and if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and, and exam, Green Mountain Dental Group will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So that does it for us. We'll catch you on the DNVR Broncos podcast tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.